The Heart and Soul Music Festival is back. This time it's bigger and better than ever. Saturday, October 14th, 3 p.m. in the Apaca Amphitheater with Atlantic Star. Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. All right, it is my pleasure once again to have on the show one of my favorite guests. He's got his own show on Not For Long Media, little empire that uh, Colin has created. And, of course, a professional football player as well. Colin, it is great to have you back on the show. Jeff, great to be back, man. This is probably our sixth or seventh time, maybe tenth time doing this, talking all things from back in the day. We were doing Heavy Temple, UCF, to, you know, we talk about everything now. So it's great to be back. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just wanted to check in on the football career. Now, I know you spent the last three years with the Carolina Panthers. You went to training camp with the Vikings. Unfortunately, was waived at the end of August. What is on the horizon on your football journey? Well, I'm still going. You know, I, I, uh, it's a great question. You know, it stomps me in my tracks every time, but it's, it's a valid question for sure. So, yeah, I was with the Vikings in training camp. I played the best football of my career, which was awesome. Last year, I was riddled with, you know, calf injuries. You're kind of seeing what Joe Burrow is dealing with now and how much it limits him. Um, I don't know what his severity was, but man, it, it crushed me. And and it's one thing to sit in the pocket and throw the ball, but to play tight end and block people and run, uh, I was it was a devastating year. So um, Carolina kept me in the building on the practice squad last year, where I was in a player role, obviously, but also doing some coaching and some mentorship and some leadership stuff. So that was really cool and humbling through some transition and really weird times there in Carolina with you know Baker, Christian, and Coach Rule all out within three weeks. So that was a really intense time, and then. Fast forward to Minnesota, an awesome training camp, and just a free agent. That's all, just waiting for the call. And a couple tight ends here and there getting signed, nothing crazy. You're seeing more out of the running back position, some injuries across the league there that are pretty uh, substantial. So just just training, staying busy with the media stuff, and a few other things I have cooking. Yeah, well, I definitely, you know, your journey is one I've always enjoyed following because you, 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 you're a guy who Thank does whatever it takes and and uh, yeah. and puts it all out there. So I've always appreciated that uh, very much about your career, uh, and and of course we wish you the best in uh, hooking up somewhere and uh, continuing that uh, NFL journey. Thanks, Chef. Appreciate it, man. We hope so. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit of football, and I've got good news for you. Uh, this is a Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey free zone, so I'm not asking oh, for any hot takes on that. Such a bummer. Oh, <laughs> man. I mean, listen, it was so cool in the beginning, and then it just got ugly. Yeah. You know, it was like, I remember we were with a group of friends watching the game. We're like, oh, Taylor Swift's there. All right, they're legit. And then it just, oh, I'm like, man, and it's like off the tracks now. It's craziness. I, all I get on my phone now is Taylor Swift stuff and 
So yes, we could keep it free. I, I'm I'm the one talking about it. My bad. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, yeah, it, it has been overexhausted uh, many other places. So we will we will yes. leave it clear as far as it goes here. So NFL storylines. So I know you're a Philadelphia guy. So you've uh, you, you've followed the Eagles for a long time, and uh, they're off to a great start. Uh, what is your assessment of them so far? Yeah, I've been breaking down the Eagles quite a bit i'm doing some radio shows locally so i've been really able to dive in and, and find some answers what they're doing so far is just kind of putting on a master class of how they can beat you so many different ways they really haven't even had to you know deploy the troops if you will in the passing game like they did last year and jalen was just throwing it all over the yard because teams were just stopping the run on them and they were saying hey listen jalen's going to beat us with his arm now Teams are playing with too high safety. They have all these receivers and tight ends in Philly. They're saying, hey, listen, you're going to start, you know, make you run the ball on us. And we're going to maybe bring a safety down in the box and, and add another player in the run game a little later into it. But it's too late. The Eagles are taking advantage of six, seven man box with that offensive line. And they just are plowing people off the ball like they continue to do. Actually, it reminds me a lot of what UCF did, you know, back in my day there with the spread set. And everyone thought you'd be, you know, UCF, when you think of them, they're moving the ball all around. But really, they were running the ball with tempo and exhausting teams. And then they would take a shot down the field and score. Um, so it reminds me a lot of that. They're going to spread teams out. They're going to run the ball at you. And then they're going to take what's given to them in the passing game. They're not going to make any really dumb throws. You'll see a pick here or two from Jalen. But, you know, that's just football. That's the NFL. And then defensively, yeah, I mean, you're looking at one of the deepest defenses in the NFL, primarily defensive line position. Everyone's been really excited about Jalen Carter and what he's been able to do. To me, it's the cast of characters, though. If he's on another – he's a really good player, don't get me wrong. But if he's on another defensive line where he's the main guy and they can focus on him, maybe he's neutralized a little bit more. But you can't do that when you have Fletcher Cox and Hassan Reddick and Sweat and uh, Brandon Graham. And they have way more – they have tons and tons of talent, and they're built that way. So – I mean, listen, they're they're a team that's destined for a deep run in the NFC and Super Bowl because of how deep they are, and they're a team that no matter who the coaching staff is, Coach Sirianni has deployed that staff to do an amazing job. Of, you know, two new coordinators, offense and defensively. So, you know, I'll be clear: I didn't grow up an Eagles fan, but I I I'm a fan of their team. They are impressive. Them and the Niners, when it comes to roster wise, are just scary. Uh, I think you could throw Miami in that same category as well. Yeah, and I find that interesting. I know we're not at the quarter point yet, so it's hard to make a a blanket statement, but you could also kind of see they might be the most complete team in the league. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, even their kicker, Jake Elliott, he's an American Conference guy at Memphis back in the day from my American Athletic Conference days, and um, they just, they just, they just simply are, and I think – for them, they're competing for maybe different than most NFC teams, right? They're them and San Fran. They're trying to get home field advantage because you go out to Philadelphia and you play in January. First off, it's the most, I say it's the best fan base in the world. They're not always the nicest people, but they're the best fan base in the world. I am one of those folks. I grew up in that area. And then, you know, San Fran, obviously great home field advantage too, a very story program. And the weather in Philly was my second point. That's just devastating. So you're right. I mean, I, they're there. It's glaring. And it's funny, the AFC, right, who everyone was talking about early on, they're they're beating each other up and they're losing to NFC teams. And it always works out and it always, you know, the season always moves along. It's always very dramatic in the beginning. But 
that's pretty pretty interesting was happening in the AFC. Yeah, well, you brought up the 49ers, and of course, now we're we're getting over the last uh, couple of seasons to really see your former teammate Christian McCaffrey. You know, he was you know hampered by injuries early on, and now we're seeing what the full package is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially with that offense. I mean, I made a statement on my show. If you're a part of you know the Kyle Shanahan Senior, Mister Shanahan, and then Kyle Junior. I don't know if they're a senior and senior. I don't think so. What uh, what's Mister? Is it what was what was so Mike Shanahan? Mike Shanahan. Yeah, oh, you yeah. me. So Mike Shanahan, and then his son, and the tree of McDaniel's, McVay, Matt Lafleur, um, uh, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. There's a list of like six, seven guys in the league, and all their offenses are having tons of success. And they what these offensives do, and you can see what's going on with the Niners. They're masking the deficiencies. They're highlighting their star players. You see it down in Miami, what they're doing there. That's on a perfect offense. They know they're thin at certain positions, but man, it doesn't look like they are. The Niners, the, you know, that they've lost a lot of players in free agency. It doesn't look like they have. So I'm just a fan of the way they their offense is and then add the piece as you're talking about is Christian McCaffrey, a guy I was fortunate enough to play with for about two and a half seasons there before he got traded and Listen, there's no better pro than Christian McCaffrey. And then add the fact that he's physically freakishly gifted. The way he uses those gifts is unlike any other player I've ever been around where he works extremely hard. He's the best walkthrough player I've ever been around. Like he's just that dialed in the way he goes about his business and everything's done on purpose. Nothing's a mistake. Um, He's just something special, and like you said, it's so good for the league that he's back doing what he's doing, and you're seeing why this guy's an MVP-type candidate. Yeah, and he brought up the Dolphins, and of course they just dropped a 70-burger. Ten touchdowns in an NFL game is just freakishly crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are asking me, is it Denver or is it Miami? I'm like, it's Miami. Like, it's Miami. Denver's in transition from, from you know, last couple of years, and – like Denver, I guarantee you, Denver will look like an unreal team this year, and they'll, they'll beat somebody pretty bad too. You just, that's how the league goes. I think they're trending in the right direction. I know it's hard to believe after seventy, but it's a Miami team, folks. Let's remember it home in September. Who has been together with the same coach, same coach, same quarterback, and same skill guys for the vast majority of two seasons now, and that's a lethal, lethal combination. And they were missing Waddle who really stirs the drink as well as Hill and, you know, their tight ends are in the mix and they have the running backs and they're just two is really good. So yeah, man, they're impressive. And I, I think that's a home field advantage there that people underestimate because it is extremely hot to play there. And that is something you have to deal with when that team is completely used to it dealing with every day. So they're a scary team, man. They're the team to beat in the AFC at this moment, them in Kansas City, I would assume, right? So, yeah, and, pretty good. And the Bills this week, so this could be a, yeah, that could be a very entertaining bat matchup. So, uh, Up in Buffalo, man, they got lucky with that one. I'm sure the Buffalo players are happy with that, too, because I'm sure they probably go to Miami late in the year. Mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah, so that's good. It's better. It's always better that way. You want to play <laughs> in Miami in December and in Buffalo in September. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and I'll use my Dallas Cowboys as an example here, too. They, they played two really great games, and then they had just a total dud against Arizona. And I use this line a lot from their legendary play-by-play announcer, Brad Sham. And he says, last week hasn't met this week, and they're never, ever going to meet. 
because the NFL really is such a week to week business. Uh, As you know, as a guy who's, who's played in the league, you know, you can roll out every best plan and nothing unfolds the way you think it's going to. No, it's a great, it's a great line and a great statement by you there at the end, because I was watching the Jason Kelsey um, documentary there in the beginning of it. It's really worth your time, folks. I've never watched it yet. I'm, I've just dove into it. We're about an hour and a half into it. Um, and he kind of says in the beginning, like, man, I hate being comfortable. Like, I hate that feeling because I know what's coming, meaning we're winning and things are going well and I'm making all my blocks and no one's fumbled and whatever. But the football gods, they always find a way back. So that's why when it's like pouring on you, you just have to take it and know that better times are ahead because you have a good process in place and you're doing the right things, et cetera. So, no, it's it's a brutal league where you have professionals that work their ass off just like you do and have made it to the top of the mountain just like you have, and they have pride, and they are trying to put food on their table with their family. So, yeah, I think in the gambling fantasy football world we live in, everybody's like, whoa, what's going on there? But it's like, let's let's remember, folks, the league is way better talent-wise, in my opinion, than it's ever been, and that's because of the quarterback play. Um, so any given Sunday is a real thing in the NFL now, where before I don't know if that was always the case. Yeah, and the parity is so tight from – from the worst team in the league to the best team in the league is much tighter than say in college when, you know, if you put Alabama against Towson state, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a real tough one. I mean, think about Arizona, right? Everyone's ready to dog them and people are making fun of the coach and, and Philly, I think did an amazing job with the defense and they played hard and he's got that same team down there playing hard. They should be three and oh, they should have, they very well could have beat Washington early in the year. I mean, imagine that storyline that if they win those three close games, and I know it should have, could have, would have, but that's a listen. Not everything's the same. And if you're Arizona, who's supposed to be this brutal team and you're tanking for the first pick and all these different things, media is saying, which is all hoopla. They should have beat Washington at Washington on the road across the country. Then they face the Giants at home and they're up big on them. And Giants made a crazy comeback. And then last week they beat Dallas. So they're one and two, could very well be three and oh, two and one. So they're a team to watch. You never know. You never know in this league. And Good for them because I know some guys on that team. We joint practiced against them in Minnesota, and it's funny. And you're like, ah, you know, I don't know about team. You don't know too many guys on that team. They got rid of a lot of the stars, right? DeAndre Hopkins is not there anymore. You name it. J.J. Watt retired. But they got some great guys playing hard and good for the staff. Yeah. And I also kind of think it's interesting, too, you know, like I said, we, we get a lot of talk early. When do you really feel? I always felt like Bill Parcells kind of said it best. That, you know, uh, tell me what my team is like at the beginning of November. Is that really kind of like the benchmark that you really know what what you have? Yeah, because those games really matter. Then, I mean, you could be sitting at, let's say, what's that? What's nine games in early November? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could be sitting at four and five. You could have three wins. And then go on a great run and find yourself in the playoffs. And there's something to that. There's something to that. It doesn't really matter early on. It does. Don't don't get me wrong. These wins matter, and obviously they do. But it's not college football. Like that's the NFL. You could sneak in going seven and back in the day, seven and nine. You know the Giants would get into the playoffs and win Super Bowl. So just got to get in the dance in this league. Just got to get in the dance in this league, and that's that's all that matters. Yeah. It really is uh, interesting to, to watch. What other 
storylines in the NFL have captured your interest to, uh, to date so far this season? Let's see. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers one, I think, was just pure devastation, you know, mm-hmm. from a from a fan's perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if there's a player that has ever done what he did. And in Green Bay, following up Brett Favre, Brett Favre goes to the Jets. Aaron comes Aaron to the Jets. They have probably, with Aaron, one of the best rosters in the NFL. They're up there with what we were talking about earlier with, you know, Philly, Miami, uh, Kansas City, um, <clears throat> the Niners. I, I, that's the storyline to me, and not that they're playing not playing well or whatever. Or it's about Wilson. It's just about the fact that I think people finally got to understand what Aaron Rodgers is all about when people got to see him in Hard Knocks, and they're like, "Man, this guy's growing to me." And the media controlled that right through all the drama off the field. That guy, I've only heard amazing things about in in the locker room. Guys love him. Like if you're a real person and you're just a nice person, he will love you and you'll be, and you, the coaches love him. Like, so that is what stinks is he didn't just have a sprained ankle. He's out for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, people say career ender, you know, so that's a bummer. Uh, let's think what else. I, there's got to be something better than that in the low hanging fruit here. I'm always going to be positive. That's just in me. West coast, central part of the, I mean, Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. I, my my in-laws are, you know, down there. My father-in-law, I don't know. He's a Southern accent. He says, I don't know how it's going to be, but, man, they just always – and just really pissing me off. They're just pissing me <laughs> off. And I say, Fred, you know, he's an LSU Tiger, and he's from Mississippi, and and just Colin, I just can't take it anymore. You know what I'm saying? And he had season, he had season tickets. So <clears throat> I always tell him, I said, Fred, they're going to win games. Like, last year they even snuck some games on some people. They have some good players down there. So – I think they're a team to watch. You know, everybody says you know, Jacksonville is going to run away with it, especially with Ridley coming out of, you know, his suspension for gambling. And Doug Peterson's a great coach. And Trevor Lawrence in his what, third year now, I think it is. So to me, that's a major storyline coming. Uh, I think you can project Houston putting their hat in the ring here to get a maybe a wild card spot. Again, it's early. Yeah. But Pierce is a hell of a player. CJ Stroud looks more comfortable every week. I think that's the key, right? Like, it doesn't really matter where you start as a rookie quarterback. It's how you continue to progress and just show, like, hey, I'm a little bit more comfortable each week. So we'll see. I like the staff. D'Amico Ryan's a guy played in the league. He played for Houston. He's been to the mountain with the with the Niners. So I think there are two storylines there. That one's real popular, the Jets one, and then one that maybe people are going to be starting to talk about, I think, is maybe Houston, Texas. Yeah. I think what I see in Stroud, too, is you see a guy not trying to do too much, where Justin Fields yeah. might be the opposite in that regard. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm going to go to my I – wa- I wanted to go to Google here and, like, just look up – because that, that – t- let's let's look up last week's stats, NFL scores, because I, I, watched the, I watched the game. Now, another thing, too, Jeff – one of the storylines is we have so much access now. Yeah. Like on Monday, I don't even watch you. I don't want to watch any more like post game shows. Like I'm just cooked yeah. because everyone, like I watch the red zone. Now I bought that on YouTube TV, right? Like, I don't know. It's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching all these games on the split screen. And then you go to the four o'clock game and then you're following on Twitter. So you have all this access. And then by the time you get to the, I used to love watching like the Fox post game shows or, you know, football night in America. 
I'm not even excited for it anymore. I'm kind of <laughs> bummed out. Like I already know what happened. I could already tell you all this. And then Monday comes around and I'm ready for like good morning football and NFL network, a show my wife and I love to watch. It's like, you know what? It's just so much access now where college football, you're watching like three, four games a day. That's all you can keep up with mm-hmm. because you don't have the red zone. Now there used to be a red zone. I don't know if you know this. Remember the red zone? I don't know if it's still around for radio and college football. Yeah, they yeah on Sirius XM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it, like, they modeled time, it after their 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 NFL version as well, where they cut the stadium, you know, cut in play by play different games, do reports from stadiums. Yes, I I love that. I thought that was so cool and done by radio, which is so unique. Thirty seven seventeen over the Jags. I mean, this is this is a, this is a storyline here from Houston. That's a big number, and most importantly, my I take this away. You know, the Colts got them week one. I think the Houston is is an interesting one here. Let's see who the, how they do. They got beat by the Ravens. Now to show up on the road. Now you got Pittsburgh, Atlanta, New Orleans. Should be interesting. They have the NFC South, which I played in last year, which is up and up and down. Um, let's see what Stroud two twenty for thirty, two eighty, and two touchdowns. And you know they had three running backs. You know two running backs that rushed equally. So I don't know. Interesting team, man. Interesting team. We'll see. Yeah, well, you know, if they just, you know, are rowing together, you know, that's... That's it, and I like the D'Amico Ryan's hire. Mm-hmm. I, I like the... I, I love, It's not out of the box, because D'Amico's a really accomplished coach, but, like, instead of recycling the same guys through, and that's sort of respect to Lovey Smith and those guys that come through, like, you, you, you just have to take big swings. Mm-hmm. In this league now, D'Amico's not a big swing. He's a pro bowler. He's a great coach, but like that's a perfect fit. Um, Doug Peterson and Jacksonville is a good good fit. Steichen Colts a good fit. Obviously, I mean, you're going through now. You're starting to see it calm down. Like every beginning of year, beginning of the year every year, I say there's no way these coaches are getting fired, and then like eight get fired every year. You're like, man, this is ruthless. Just like I got fired, Jeff. But that's a part <laughs> of this league, man. That's how this league goes. Yeah, it it is it is crazy stuff. Um, yeah, then I think another storyline that I that I like, and and they were a they were a trendy pick to to make the playoffs this year, is the Detroit Lions. And you know, I, I'm a huge Dan Campbell fan. I mean, I think you know, I think guys would run through the wall for him. Yep, that's a great point. I was with Dan Campbell in a New Orleans mini camp, rookie mini camp. It was like my third or fourth year. I was still doing radio at Temple. And if you're not, if you don't have a credited season in the NFL, which is Every time you play in three games in one season, you get an accredited season in the league. Three credited seasons equal your pension. I need three more games for my pension. Ah. So that's why I'm still playing. <laughs> but I and I still love to play and I can play. Um when they tell me to stop, I'll I'll go away. But there's interest, so I'm not gonna stop. Um so I was with Dan. I played the best football in a three day period that I ever have. I mean, I did individual drills I never have. I did I love playing for him. Absolutely loved it. And they were going to sign me, and I remember sitting in the airport. They're like, hey, miss your first flight to Philly or whatever it was. Or I had a delay really hard because they were trying to make the decision between me or this fullback. And they signed the fullback, Mike Burton, who's a great friend of mine, and end up springing his career to then go on to Kansas City after a year in New Orleans, and he won a Super Bowl. Actually, did Mike win two? He may, he won one, and he was now in Denver as their fullback. But I digress. Um, Dan Campbell. I mean, last year, what were they, two and seven? And they went on a crazy run. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we beat them in Carolina. Crazy. And then we broke the rushing record in Panthers history in the first half. 
game record, which was a freezing cold game Christmas Eve uh, in, in North Carolina, which was very weird. So, no, I'm a huge Dan Campbell fan. I think the entire league is. I think every fan is. Every media member is. The guy is electric. He's authentic. He is relatable. You know, when it, that alter ego that people have of, like, I'm going to be tough and gritty and all that. Like, everybody wants that. And I'd, so, be, and I'd be willing to bet when he when – he, because he spent a few seasons in Dallas with the Cowboys, and Jason Witten was already a pretty established tight end, but I would I would wager any amount of money that he helped make Jason Witten a better player. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's before my time, and I'm a diehard Jason Witten fan. He's my favorite player in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, listen, Jason, what, never – I think he never missed a game. He missed one game. Broken Something jaw. crazy. Work. Broken jaw. The jaw, right? Yeah. Like, broke a jaw, and, like, he still was going to play. Jason just, yeah. Someone said to me the other day, who'd you want to be in the league? I said, Jason. Who are you most like? I said, Jason. Just the poorest version of Jason. That's where I'm at. That's who I am and model my game after, probably because I related to him most physically. But, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, he he was a solid beast so big, too. People don't realize how big Dan is. Mm -hmm. I'm 6'4", 255. Dan's taller and thicker than me. I mean, Dan Dan looks like he's 265, 270. It's 6'6". Like this guy's still playing in the league. Like if he was in pads, and like he would look like a player. Mm. So I think that's another thing too, from a player's perspective. It doesn't matter if you played or not as a coach. If you coach well and you relate to players, no players care. That's mm. not what I'm saying. Yeah. But if it just so happens that you played and you walk in looking like that, there's nothing that you did or didn't do that he did or didn't do. Mm. They already they he went through all that. So. Plus, he has a physical block and tight end like Dan was, so his arms are long as hell. He's just a great player, and he's got great stories, great sound bites. He's They'll be fine. That's another team like Jared Goff's an underrated player. they got great receivers. they got great backs. They're just a, a mojo, get-your-mojo-running type of team, and they'll, they'll, they'll catch fire and you know hold on the NFC North and up for grabs, too. I, I'll say this, too. People are quick to rag on Minnesota right now. Mm-hmm. And I was there in training camp, and I get it. People, I'm a homer, blah, blah, blah. That team's going to be okay. Now, they dropped three games, and, yeah, they're 0-3. No question. Real, That's tough. But in the one loss, they're facing their – missing their Pro Bowl left tackle and their center, who's a first-round pick. They're, they're missing Davenport, who's from New Orleans, who I think is one of the most underrated defensive ends in the league, and he's been in and out of the lineup with an injury. They'll be fine. I think that's a team that could sneak up on some people. And when it comes to November, everyone's going to be saying, hey, watch out. Minnesota's caught some fire here. So I don't know who they have next week. Um, Minnesota Vikings. Let's see it. That's so nice that you can just Google things now. <laughs> yes. It but makes me smarter. <laughs> if I know, I know that. Makes us all, <laughs> makes us all smarter. So that, they got the Panthers. Yeah. So. It's a must. It's a must-have game. Mm-hmm. Right? You got Kansas City after that, and then you have Chicago, then you have the Niners. So, it's a must-have game. But there's some games in here. There's some games in here for them. That it's an interesting journey they're going to go on here this season. But I think Minnesota's a team to keep around. I know they're own three, but about out of all the own three teams, I like Minnesota. And of course, I know recently on your show. You know, you talked about playing for Kevin O'Connell. I would like you to relate that to, to my audience, uh, that yeah. experience. Yeah, so Kevin played in the NFL, and he was with New England. And he and again, 
doesn't matter if you played or not as a coach, you got to relate to players and you got to be smart. But when he walks in the door and he tells stories and says, I relate to 90% of you way more than the top 10%, meaning I was in these preseason games doing my own thing, thinking I'm the man and throwing interceptions left and right when I was in New England and it killed my career. And then you see him on hard knocks getting cut by Mike Tannenbaum, right? So <clears throat> there was that aspect of like the player side of Kevin, who's like cool, calm, collected, South, uh, Southern Cal kid, California kid. And then the other side of, you know, Coach O'Connell was he was just super smart. He's just really smart. And he delegates extremely well. One of the things I have not talked about on my show, and I wish I did, is, you know, there's an, there's a passing game coordinator. There's an offensive coordinator below him, right? But he calls the place. There's everybody's involved in, in putting, you know, that offense together, which they still had great numbers this year. They've still scored in droves, and they did the same last year. So Kevin is really smart, a very personable person. And contrary to popular belief, that's not always the case in coaching. Like they, they don't have to become your friend. You know, it's football. But he's that kind of guy where you're like, man, this, this guy is the man. And he's a great coach, and he's competitive and fiery. For being a real mild-mannered California kid, that's that's Kevin O'Connell. Okay, yeah, and you know, I know you had related that this was a, a great experience that you had uh, yeah. in your time with the with the Vikings. It, it was first class. It was the best organization I've ever been with, and I've been with some great ones. I don't have any complaints about the previous ones either. Mm-hmm. Chicago was great, New York was great, Carolina was so great. It was a you know pinnacle of my career. But, man, in a short window, wow. The facility was like nothing I've ever seen before. Minnesota was fantastic. The people were so nice. And then the synergy in the entire building, which everybody thinks is possible and everybody does it, but nobody can really do it. And nobody's ever done it. Like Minnesota's done it where I've been, where it's like the training room's mixed in with the strength staff. The strength staff's with the training room. They're with the meal meal team. And what does that mean to the listeners? Just like your business at work, right? There's like HR, communications department, social media, you know, the president's cool too. Your general manager is awesome. Like everyone aligns. It's in the same mission. There's no alter egos. Like it's all aligned and it's everything's done on purpose. And that, again, everybody says that in their business world. Everybody says that in the athletic departments, right? If we're talking just the UCF athletic department, everybody says it's going to be perfect. But it is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. It is so, I mean, it's so hard. Everybody wants to put their stamp on something or whatever. So Minnesota did that. And and that's why I believe in that organization because they got the guys. Kirk Cousins was great too. I mean, everything you see on the Netflix show, that's how Kirk is. That's no, you know, he's no fraud. He's as real as it gets. Great dad, man of faith, loves Disney. Loves Disney. Oh. Like it's obsessed obsessed okay. with it okay got to look for him down here then <laughs> oh man he's obsessed with it i believe yeah he, he he's he's yeah he's got real estate down there he's always down there nice nice well that is uh interesting you know uh i know you were when you were there you were on a quest to find like the best breakfast in the area did you find that i love it i love it You're bad. <laughs> where did i go I went to a couple places. Minnesota is a great food city. The one thing is I don't have a car. So on my off day, I was Ubering around a lot, which is fine. I like doing that. That's like my off day to get away. You have to check out from football. You can't just like constantly do it. Contrary to what coaches think you should do. I learned that on my older age. I wish I would have known that younger. I felt guilty doing anything socially on an off day. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't find it. I didn't find the best breakfast. That's for sure. Now I found some good ones. 
Hell's Kitchen we were in, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like underground, kind of like spooky spirits type spot, like two, three levels down, like legitimately like Hell's Kitchen <laughs> and bar and all this different stuff going on. So, you know me, I'm always doing my bars of the week and always doing uh, food places and the Sam Boners and all the different things I do. It's fun, man. I, I do it anyway, so I might as well take videos of it and tweet about it and engage with the Vikings, you know, fans, which is so fun. They they love sending me those places now. It's amazing. Food Network is like, Caffieri has like changed the world now. Everybody, it's all everybody talks about it. Yeah, it was fun. I did not find it though, Jeff, sadly. I did not find it. <laughs> well, that quest will continue, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. When I'm back in Minnesota, I'll be out there. Whether I'm with the team or not, I'll be looking for you next time. No, I'm kidding. So, yeah. That'll be awesome. Um, we're going to talk a little college while I yeah. have you here. And, and uh, I kind of want to get your take on Deion Sanders in Colorado. Would Deion Sanders have been a kind of guy you would like to have played for when you were a college football player? Yes, because he keeps the main thing the main thing. The main thing with Dion, where I think people get a little screwed up, is it's all football. It's all football. Everything he's talking about is football. He's just talking about the people that are coming at him, or he's talking about something out, like something along the lines of it. But he keeps the main thing the main thing. It's all about winning. It's all about performing. And you notice it through his players. That really should be my answer. When you watch the team play, now Oregon last week was a tough one. Mm-hmm. When you watch the team play, there's no drama. There's no BS. Those guys are out there executing in a high level. There's no like crazy trash talk. There's no now last week in Oregon there was, but they're they'll be dialed in. I think there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors there. Like he's an open book, yes, but behind closed doors, I'm sure he's giving it to guys and making holding guys accountable. He's an old school guy, Dion. Like he's you got to wear the same socks. You got to wear the same shirt. You got to wear. He believes in that stuff. So I would. The guy is man. He. What do you think his deal is going to look like with Colorado next year? I mean, they're going to have to renegotiate that one. Or I do think this, Jeff, I do think, I do think a big brand in college football is going to make a push at him. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I think somebody's going to say, Hey, we're in a great spot here. We love our coach, but we don't, we don't just want to be a top 10 team. Mm-hmm. We want to win a national title. And the minute that man steps in the door, recruiting wise, you're winning everything. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I stay put in Colorado, bringing all these recruits with these transfers and continue to make the roster elite. Or, you know, do I roll out and go to the next level? Because the, the next level is the higher level of college football. Is it, you know, is it up, you know, I-75 there? You know, Florida Gators? Mm-hmm. Is it Florida State who... Is very happy with their coach. But you bring Dion in the door. That changes the game now. Yeah. Now, I, again, I think some big brand's going to offer him a lot of money and they're going to make a big swing and they may upset their current coach. But the guy, he, the guy moves the needle. He put the team in a new conference within like 48 hours. He's sold out everything. So we'll see what happens. See what happens. Well, that was an interesting thought you had because, you know, in, and I think Dion's already made Florida State mad enough that if he was coaching Florida, holy cow. Not on him. They didn't, give, they didn't offer him the job. <laughs> no, Florida State regrets that too. Don't let him fool you. Uh, you know, they're going to say all they want. They're happy, but that's Dion Sanders. Yeah. You know, that's, and he's been impressive. I mean, I was with Dion in the Under Armour game, and he was much different than what he is now. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who's very self aware. 
he was he was very loosey goosey. He was very laid back. He was very prime. But now he's coach prime. You can see that, and it shows. Yeah, and and I do like the fact he admits that he keeps receipts. And I think we are now also seeing that a, that a lot more coaches who have always denied paying attention to social media or the media in general are keeping receipts after we saw Ryan Day's explosion on Lou Holtz. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, you know, I, I love Coach Day. Let me be honest, too. He recruited me to BC. I was that close to going to BC. I was so close. I wanted to go so bad. But, you know, I, I, I everyone's like, Lou's an old man. Well, where's the cutoff here? If he's going to get on TV and say – and Lou didn't seem like some delirious old man on TV talking. He went through the six teams he's lost. He said why they lost, and they lose because they're soft. Like, people are saying, oh, Lou Holtz, he's 80-something. It's like, well, what the, what's the difference? <laughs> you know, if you got your marbles straight, like, Lee Corso is amazing. Yes. But, like, Lee Corso is not, you know, he's not getting into that stuff. He's not getting into those weeds. Lou came in. He went right at him. So mm. I love Ryan Day for doing that. Now, that's not my thing. I don't believe in receipts, mm-hmm. but I'm also not a coach. Like, that doesn't motivate me as a player. But maybe if I'm a coach one day, I'm going to have to find that stuff to motivate the team. Mm-hmm. So I love it. I love Ryan Day going at Lujos. I think he's spot on, man. You're going to call me out in the last play of the game. We're going to run it right up the middle. I'm a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because uh, Joey Galloway said on uh, on ESPN, and he tapped Dan Mullen on the shoulder. He says, we know you guys are listening to all this stuff. <laughs> they all do. And I, like you said, it's interesting. It's great they bring it up, right? Like, yeah, we heard that. It's funny. It's this and that. But for them, it's like, hey, then it becomes about them, and it's a distraction, and it's – I get both sides. But, yeah, Coach Prime, he leans right into it. He leans right into it. And he's capitalized on it. He's He's getting trademarks on all his sayings. He's – Got a sunglass company he's making money on. Good for him. Yeah, it's, a, it's good stuff. And uh, what is your thoughts on the uh, all the realignment that's been going on? You know, it's a, it's, it's a very interesting time in college football. The TV deals, obviously, are driving the vast majority of this. It's weird watching Big Ten games on CBS. <laughs> you know, yeah. now i got to figure out where the games are, right? So it's, uh, it, yeah. it's quite interesting. It's really a fun debate. I think, listen... College football and Cowherd was awesome today about it. He's like, listen, it's it's tradition. It's Penn State with the boring uniforms. It's Alabama with numbers on the side of their helmet. It's, you know, kind of the boring stuff. You don't have that down in UCF now. Mm. That's not boring stuff. They got suites on the, on the field. They got the blackouts or midnight or whatever the heck they got there. It's a whole thing. It's a fun place, it, it, you know, not rooted in this, like, deep tradition. I get that. It's very almost old-school baseball-esque how college football is. So I personally think it's needed. It was happening anyway. So let's all lean into it and have some fun with it because now you're going to get USC, Ohio State in late November and just so unique and different and fun. I think the combination of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten is an interesting one. I don't know if people were seeing that. Maybe they're saying, oh, they're going to bring in North Carolina. No, no, no. They're going after UCLA and bigger brands and UNC and Oregon, and I think that's going to lead to some really fun stuff. I think you could see even more of it. I think more of it's coming from people I've talked to, like in my little circles, that, you know, I think you could see maybe like a UNC bounce to the Big Ten or something like that, like a big brand from that conference. Who knows, though? I think the problem that people aren't talking about, though, is has a major effect on other sports. Major. Yeah. 
you're you know you're dragging the <clears throat> field hockey team and the men's lacrosse team uh, from Rutgers to Oregon for one game, you know, one match, and you're back you're back home. I mean, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. That's brutal. So it will be really key to scheduling the athletic directors is going to be a real challenge. Um, but the money they'll have they'll have plenty of money to take care of those kids. Um, so I hope they spend the money and take care of those kids on travel and food. And I know it's always first class in that conference anyways, for the most part, I, I'll say for the most part, but mm-hmm. um, no, I love it, Jeff. What are your thoughts on it? I, I think, I think it's healthy. Yeah. It's healthy. Well, as a school that got to graduate to a power conference, you know, it's, I mean, UCF's going to yeah. be traveling more than they ever have. And How big is that for Orlando and for UCF? I mean, oh, they're in the Big 12 now. Devastating yeah. for the American that they're gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you look at, you know, Cincinnati and Houston go, go in there as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's very surreal, you know, when I see the Big 12 logo on the field, you know, and I've seen UCF football since the very humble Division Three beginnings to where really? they are now. It's it's it, it It's just totally amazing to me. How how yeah. that happened? Because yeah, they were playing Division three football. Their first game was against Saint Leo College near Lakeland. Uh, wow, they were Division three, nineteen seventy nine. That's I mean that's not that long ago. No, it's really it's really not. No. Just thinking about where they are. Yeah, so that's uh, wow. Uh, yeah, forty three years of uh, of football, and you know now they're now there with schools that are you know have played for over a hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tech, well, Texas is out, but the rest of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas Tech and them. Wow. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're going to Big 12. It's awesome. I mean, that Big 12 basketball is great. I mean, oh, it's amazing. Great games in that arena, some great teams. I, I love it. I think it's good. I think it's healthy. I'm, I'm bummed that Temple missed the window because when I was there, I remember a couple people saying, like, yeah, Temple to the Big 12, like a couple like people in the building to me, like over a beer, and I was like, what? We're not going up Big Twelve. And they're like, just you watch. It's gonna be a couple of years though. I'm like, we're not, we're not moving. He's like, us and any of the teams that were really good in the conference could be out and go into a bigger conference. I'm like, sweet. And I won't be here for it, but sweet. Yeah, and um, you guys had some good good teams there at Temple in your time. We did, and then it, you know it, it just crash landed there um, through the Rod Carrier. But you know, I, I mean, that's a bummer because. It would have been really cool. And Temple Athletics is it's a shame. It's it's not in a good place. Basketball team's not very good. It used to be great. Um, you know, it used to be a basketball school. Now I don't even know what it is. So I know Coach Fisher's there now. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. You get the chance to meet him, you know, around the circles there down there. Well, they won't even play him anymore. Man, that's weird. They're in the Big Twelve. Yeah. It's uh um, yeah, it is I think in our I think our time, the American Athletic Conference was the best city conference in the country. I called games. Orlando, Tampa, New Orleans, Houston, Dallas, Annapolis, Maryland, where my wife and I live now, which is cool. We live 100 yards from the football stadiums right behind me. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's really cool. And But it's funny, like North Texas is coming to town this weekend because they're in the American now. I'm like, oh, man, doesn't have the same ring to it. Actually, U- UCF's coming to town this weekend, excuse me, right? Or USF? USF. Where's, yeah, my uncle said UCF. Yeah, no, really? no, South Florida is still in the American. So, Who does UCF play this weekend? Uh, UCF is playing Baylor this weekend. It's our first home Big 12 game. 
Wow, it's gonna be jumping. It's gonna be yeah, so it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> USF's here, and then like yeah, North Texas, and then the normal deal. So it's, I'm a bum bummed about the conference. American oh, through those heydays was so fun. Yeah, so fun. And all those places you mentioned where you, where you got to go, the, and you were right about it being the best city conference because virtually everyone had their own airport. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> you're 100 right. Oh, the ECU, which was a cool place to go, man. I always had great juice, great. People like thank you for coming. I love my I love my time doing radio in the American. I, I really did. Um, yeah, sometimes you go to these Big Ten, you're doing Big Ten games. Not anymore, but back in the old school Big Ten, you're like flying into State College, PA, and like these little you know East Lansing and whatever. It's not the same as uh, flying into Tampa or Houston or Dallas. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely different. Well, of course, you know you you've talked about doing doing radio, and of course you are. Uh, doing your show and you have not for long media, uh, you know, tell me how all that's going and, you know, give, give blatant plugs, uh, for, for all the stuff you're doing. Uh, yeah. So I'll just tell the quick journey of it. I, I got involved doing, you know, temple radio. And then I was like, okay, what else can I do here? Like I'm doing this radio stuff. Like I need, I don't know the team and the owl scoop podcast, which is a, John DiCarlo and these guys that cover Temple football and Temple athletics, they do a great job. And I remember sitting in their room, they had this like Yeti microphone in the middle of the room and we were all like yelling at it. And I remember listening back and the audio was good. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like you and I on these nice fancy mics now because everybody has one. Yep. Um, so that's how I got into it. And I was like, wow, I got cut from the Giants. NFL stands for not for long. I got, I didn't think I was going to get cut. I got cut. Here I am started my podcast seven years, eight years later, here we are. And it's a media company. We have eight shows. Uh, five are really active and in, in pumping all different shows, baseball, food, you know, uh, my show, which is a little bit of everything. We have Tory Smith, NFL receivers mm-hmm. doing his show with coaching and NFL stuff. Rashid Bailey's receiver for the Winnipeg blue bombers up in the CFL has his own show with us. Very motivational speaking. So, we have five to eight shows that are, you know, moving in the same direction and doing a great thing. And then, you know, my show has been something I'm, you know, been working hard on. And and I actually uh, haven't agreed to it yet, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll be doing a show on Sirius Radio Tuesday nights on NFL Radio with another NFL player coming up. Awesome. So, you know, I'm moving up, but I'm trying to get involved in some new things and figure out what's next. I've always been doing that. It's easy to do while you're playing. So, um, yeah, not for long media is, is where you can find us on all our stuff. And, um, yeah, I appreciate all the support of the show. It's always good coming on your show and it, it's fun. I enjoy legit, legit. I enjoy coming on. We always talk about different stuff and, uh, you know, I'm a fan. Yeah. I appreciate that. And of course, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm sure you'll, you'll tweet when, uh, when the serious show starts, cause uh, we'll definitely want to have folks tune into that. Uh, I love Thank NFL you. radio and that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great channel. Uh, definitely. Thank you. I'm excited for it. We'll, we'll look forward to the opportunity. That's for sure. I just got to sign the contract. It, it's, it will be sent over here shortly. <laughs> Breaking news. Here we go. Yes. Yes, here we go. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, well Colin, yeah. as always, man, I appreciate that. You know, good luck at everything you're doing. Uh, keep up the great work and uh, look forward to the next time. Thanks, Chef. Be well, my friend. Good luck to UCF this weekend. Thanks a lot. The Heart and Soul Music Festival is back. This time it's bigger and better than ever. Saturday, October 14th, 3 p.m. in the Apaka Amphitheater with Atlantic Star. 
City Mills. And get ready to take a ride with Lakeside. Plus the smooth voice of Kenny Lattimore. And Raheem Devon. Lattimore and Raheem DeVos. Miss the 